Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia, home of the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, if you're local, uh, I would invite you to uh, be my guest. The name of the church is Calvary 316. Uh, we are located off of Highway 316, our Sunday service is at 1030 if you're not local. And so coming in person might be out of the question uh, or might be uh, impossible, but maybe you're looking for a good church that you can attend to or, or pop in periodically uh, online. Uh, we live stream all of our services, uh, two different platforms. We live stream uh, on YouTube, our YouTube channel. The easiest way to find it is just to go to calvary316.live. And then we also uh, live stream on uh, facebook.com slash calvary316. So again, if you're local, come be my guest one Sunday. If you're not, uh, come be our digital guest one Sunday. I'm currently teaching uh, towards the tail end of it, but in the midst of a series through the book of Revelation titled Revelation of the King, really looking at uh, this book known typically for its apocalyptic nature uh, and subject matter, uh, really having more to do with the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's, it's a book with its own thesis statement. Right from the beginning, it tells us what the book is about. So we've kind of approached it, we've addressed it as kind of uh, the fifth gospel. What do we learn about Jesus um, through uh, the examination of, of the 66th book of the Bible and kind of the, the revealing of the end? What do we learn about Jesus? He was, yes, a lamb, but he's the lion. He was a suffering servant, but he will be a triumphal king. He donned a crown of thorns, but he will return uh, rocking a sweet golden crown. Uh, on his dome. So, uh, cool stuff. If you're interested in the series itself, you can uh, access the media archive at c316.tv. You can learn more about the church by just visiting calvary316.tv. Wherever you're listening or however you're listening, whether you're listening on one of our amazing radio partners, this is a nationally syndicated radio show, or maybe you're listening to the show on our podcast every episode of the radio show is podcasted in its entirety. Therefore, if you're listening on the radio, you can't stay with me through the entirety of the episode. That's okay. You can go to Apple or Google or Spotify, uh, search Outlaw Radio or Zach Adams, subscribe. Uh, this, uh, if you're listening on the radio, this episode's already hit uh, the podcast. And so, if you, again, you can't listen to this in its, in its entirety. Uh, very easy. Just go to the podcast and, uh, and access it there and pick up where you left off. Uh, if you're a listener, let me encourage you and invite you to maybe be a viewer. And what I mean by that is one of the drawbacks to the format is that we're not able to present a live radio show. Uh, there's kind of just too much involved with that and uh, with the way that the, the show is, is put out on the radio. Just It's impossible to do it live. So this is a pre-recorded uh, radio show that's often got about a two-week delay from when we record it to when it's released. Uh, one of the drawbacks is, is, A, we can't interact with the listening audience. Two, um, while we try to speak towards relevant topics, um, again, with a two-week delay, sometimes uh, you're hearing me speak about something in, in real time, but it's just two weeks late. And again, that's the drawback. What we do is we live stream the recording of the show. Uh, it's, uh, we live stream Wednesday night at 8 p.m., uh, we live stream on our YouTube channel, outlawradio.live, as well as we stream on our Facebook page. Uh, the show Facebook page is facebook.com slash theradiooutlaw. And so if you're listening, we would encourage you to be a viewer. Uh, find us YouTube, Facebook, 8 o'clock, Wednesday nights, Eastern Standard Time. And, um, and if, you're, if you watch, uh, again, it's live, and so you can interact with me. Um, and the gatekeeper to all of those things, as well as my sidekick, is Mr. Creighton Vaughn. Creighton, welcome to the show. How's your week going, brother? It's going well. Hope you all are having a good week out there, too. So can you kind of set the stage for the subject matter that we're going to be discussing today and, and kind of what what has precipitated uh, kind of pulling a topic really from left field? So... We, as you've said, you have a church and someone in our church reached out to you asking how marriage and divorce really works as a Christian. So today we're going to be talking about marriage and divorce and how it works as a Christian. So that's one of the fun things about having a radio show is I actually sat down to, to reply. And I mean, it's kind of a lengthy, it's a lengthy discussion to talk about all the different nuances of, um, of marriage and then divorce and then. Um, 
you know, believer, unbeliever, the parameters of then a divorcee getting remarried. Uh, what's the stipulations where about, you know, I mean, you just run through all the different variations. I mean, good grief. I could spend like three or four pages on just various scenarios, scenarios. And so what's nice about having a show like this is that uh, I just sent a reply that said, Hey, uh, this Wednesday night, eight o'clock, I'm going to take your question and make a radio show out of it. And uh, it's a great question. It's a relevant question. Uh, sadly, I think it's too relevant, you know. Um, within the secular world, you know, there is somewhat an expectation, you know, that half of marriages end in divorce. And, and I, I don't exactly know what the, the, the most recent stats are. Um, I do know one of the last times that I was researching it that the Christian world um, there's very little difference between the divorce statistics and Christianity, Christian marriages, uh, versus secular marriages, which I think is is a tragic indictment um, of the, the Christian church. And, and really, it's kind of a cultural issue. It's a cultural problem, uh, divorce. Um, but I can imagine that this last year, 2020, um, hasn't been good for the divorce rate. Um, 2020 was a, a trying year for everyone, um, but it, it threw patterns, it threw normalcy out the window. And when the ebb and flow of life generally gets interrupted, it adds strain, it adds stress, it's caused families to have to quickly adapt to a, a, a new paradigm. Um, you know, the, the stereotypical pattern or setup within the, the American family is, is both the man and the woman are working. Uh, the kids are going to school. Um, the family's hectic. You get done with school. You've got sports, extracurricular activities. Uh, you're lucky if you're able to sit down as a family unit and have dinner together. Um, it's kind of a rare thing. And, and so you, you relish your weekends. But, but there's a lot of time apart, a lot of separation, a lot of just, you know, the natural uh, processes, the, the, the ebbs and the flows of a, of a relationship. But all I got shot, I mean, you know, you got two parents that are spending the majority of their day in, in different workplaces, kids that are not in the home. I mean, the home in 2019 for the majority of the day is, is empty. Um, 2020 changed all that. Both parents are working from home, trying to find space to work, to be able to focus on their job. Um, you got Zoom meetings, and you have the kids at home. Um, the uh, the ability to go on a date night um, is is hampered because there's no restaurants to go to. Um, there's the financial stress, the worry. Um, I can imagine that the pandemic has not. I mean, the more research we get, the more data that comes out. I, I can't imagine. Um, that the divorce rates declined. Uh, they might have declined simply because it was very difficult to get divorced because it's hard to get a lawyer and a court date. Uh, I have a dear, dear friend of mine that went, was going through a divorce at the end of 2019 that carried over to 2020, and it was like everything stopped. Like, like I felt so bad for him because it was like everything was moving right along, and then the world stopped, um, and he stuck married. Um, to a woman he doesn't see, doesn't live with, is, is, is a pseudo-crazy person. And, um, and that was a struggle. And the whole year, I mean, just to get uh, lawyers in the same room together, to get the parties in play, to get a, a judge that you can stand before. I mean, again, 2020, crazy, crazy time. But today, in, our, in today's episode, I guess I think it's relevant. This is a show that prides itself on speaking about relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. And the subject matter for today, as if you couldn't guess already, is going to be uh, the topic of marriage and divorce. Uh, Creighton, you are 100% single. <laughs> Isn't that correct? As you so love to talk about on this radio program, yes, I am 100% both now and in the past single. <laughs> you, have, you have been a perpetual single man. Um, so if... Um, if you're out there and you're listening and you're a single lady, again, check us out at 8 p.m. Wednesday nights and you can see Creighton. Uh, he's a strapping, good-looking young man, loves Jesus, uh, has a steady job, um, lives in a basement, but he can change that at any point um, if the right woman <laughs> if the right woman came along. Um, I'm just doing this because your mom from time to time worries about you. and, uh, and we I like wish it was from time to time. <laughs> we would like to... We'd like to see it get hitched at some point. You know, it's when you're going to talk about when you're going to talk about the topic of of divorce. 
Um, and in particular, uh, the angle of um, how does God view divorce? Um, how does God view um, the divorce ease? Um, are there parameters? Are there um, things that necessitate divorce in the sense that God is okay with it? Um, how do the divorcees then move forward in their life uh, in a way that God uh, is pleased with? And when I, when I was chewing on this this topic, really, we, we live in a day and age that we actually have to kind of take a step back um, and and talk about marriage because. Marriage for centuries, beyond that millennia, um, had a Christian definition. Um, at least in the Western world, it did. And, and kind of the Judeo-Christian uh, framework had a consistent uh, belief concerning marriage, uh, a biblical definition of marriage. Uh, yes, while the Muslims are not you know, Bible believers, uh, they shared a similar um, a similar position about the definition of marriage. The definition of mar- marriage has always been, uh, until the last 10 years, a, a religious institution. It's been um, something that m- a marital union, marriage and God's approval of the union went, went hand in hand. Um, it's kind of a shame, um, but it's it needs to be acknowledged that even though we talk about marriage and then the divorce of marriage, the breakup of marriage, we can't even really operate under the premise that all marriages began sanctioned by God. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's a kind of topic that we get in trouble for, but I say we go into it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so there are, again, if you, if you are two dudes or two ladies and and you're in love and, and you want to get married, the United States of America, in, in line with the Constitution, says that you have the right to get married, um, at least in the secular state context and definition. Um, the Supreme Court ruling on gay marriage made the determination that the definition of marriage was not left to religion to decide, uh, but the state. The state took over the responsibility of defining uh, marriage, and thus marriage um, moved beyond uh, the monogamous union of one man and one woman uh, for life um, and was expanded to include um, non-sanctioned uh, unions um, that God doesn't condone, that God didn't establish, that God didn't sanction. Um, if, if you are gay and you get married, um, I don't have a problem with that, as long as it's not uh, viewed as being approved by God. Um, you might disagree with me, but I would ask you to go to the scriptures and prove me wrong. Explain to me. Uh, sure, you're married. Absolutely. The state has said you're married. The state sanctioned the union. I wouldn't do your marriage because I'm not I'm not representing the state in my official capacity. Now, I do you know, pronounce you. Uh, husband and wife by the great state of Georgia, but I am performing not a, a, a service of the state. Uh, when I officiate a wedding, I am performing a service of of Jesus, I'm a service of the church. It's a it's a formal ordained practice. Like I am representing something significant, um, and these two people not just making a vow to one another, but making a, a vow before God. God being included in the vow, and thus that being the glue together. So, so we have to kind of unpack some of these distinctions. Uh, we'll continue to do that. Don't go anywhere. Uh, you're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church, it is our desire to equip, inspire and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. 
Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Creighton Vaughn, thank you so much for being with me. Always a pleasure. Creighton, tell people about our YouTube channel. Okay, so basically on Wednesday nights at 8, we go live on YouTube with the recording of the show you're currently listening to. Um, it also has a backlog of, what, maybe a year's worth of episodes now that just we've recorded? About. Yeah, just about. Um, that you can go back and watch if you either missed one and want to see what we have recorded about it. Um, we also have whole conversation between blocks with myself, Zach, and a couple of our friends who are specifically on the YouTube channel. They're not on the podcast, and they're not on the radio. If you yeah, want to check Nick, that out. Nick and Derek uh, are, are with us. And you know what? It, today what we might do is we might set aside the last block of audio and actually kind of give the audience a bit of a taste of, of what it's like to be watching Between Blocks. And we might have um, Nick and, and Derek uh, on the show towards, towards the end of the episode. I feel like now we have to do that. We can't well, just we'll tease see. It we might just it might be some it. great it might be a great it might be a great tease. It might be a great <laughs> tease. So we are we are currently talking about um, divorce. In order to really unpack certain concepts biblically about divorce, we live in the day and age that we actually really do need to define marriage. Because it's it's complex. Uh, we live in a day and age where um, the state has decided to remove the responsibility and, and the authority of religion defining marriage and has assumed the mantle of defining marriage uh, on their own. A state-defined marital union as opposed to a, a religiously defined marital union. Uh, no doubt I'm a Christian, and so uh, I'm going to start by presenting just a quick overview of the biblical definition uh, for marriage. Part of that requires a conversation about creation and a conversation about God's creating of, of mankind. Um, yes, I, I believe that mankind was created, was created unique and distinct, set apart from the rest of, of creation. The Bible tells us that man was created in the image and likeness of God a trichotomy which made him different. Uh, mankind was created to be eternal, to live forever. We were created mind, body, and soul. Again, the image, the likeness of God. That's, that description is unique. That characteristic is only presented of man. Man is not one with creation. God placed man into a position of dominion over creation. The flow of order was God having dominion over man and man having dominion over creation, which is why when man rebelled against God, God allowed creation to rebel against man so he knew what it was like. Again, in cursing Adam, he said the earth is not going to yield. It instead will produce thorns and thistles and you'll have to labor and toil. Again, imagine what the order looked like when everything was in balance. Again, God, dominion over man, man over dominion. Of creation. One of the unique things about studying the creation narrative, uh, again presented for us in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, is that while God created all things, and as you're going through the days of creation, you get this, this similar refrain, uh, and it was good. God said that it was good. In the original language, it, it, it's it's more. It should be better translated. They're going. They're going to love this. Like everything that God had created, and each of the days of creation, God had in mind humanity, the crescendo of creation, and how He would take pleasure and joy from the things that He was creating. Uh, again, it blows my mind. And, and Creighton, you know, uh, you enjoyed Planet Earth, right? You watched that. The was the BBC had the Planet Earth series. Oh, the the show Planet Earth. The show I, Planet Earth. No, yes, I did. You like I Planet also Earth, enjoy Planet Earth, like where I live. Yes, the show Planet Earth, and you know how like each episode would focus on a different type of ecosphere, um, and they would track like different animals and 
Um, yeah, and they would do like a whole story based on that biome or something in that biome. One of the one of the coolest things that I found about the show is is you would run across certain things where I remember one little bird and I, I might butcher this, but um, one little bird that did this little dance and it's, it's wings kind of puffed out when it was mating and, and people knew this a very rare bird. They knew it did this thing, but it had been, it had never, ever, ever been captured on film. Like the overwhelmingly vast majority of all people who've ever lived have never been able to see this little bird do this little dance with its colorful feathers, right? And then they do several things where it's like, this is the first time this has ever been re- being recorded. And what I what I loved about it was I would always take a step back and be like, like that's been going on since creation. Like that bird has been doing this thing for a long time. And it's this very moment that we're being able to see it, which means that it's been doing it all of this time in preparation for us in this moment to take joy and delight. Like every time we, we discover a new galaxy or we get new pictures from the Hubble, things that have never been seen before, those were created. So in this moment, we would see them for the first time and enjoy them. I mean, all of creation. It's very cool. God and man and this unique dominion and this unique classification of humanity. Yeah. And just in case somebody's wondering, I think that's the blue bird of paradise. Okay, so you, you so I I got I got the story pretty close. Yes, and now, it's getting, super cute. Getting to creation and where this plays into marriage. So God created you know of everything. God 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 made it. He said it was good. They're going to love this. It was all it was all made for man and for man's enjoyment. What what makes it the, the whole narrative really fascinating is that is that when God had finished creation, he had made man. God evaluated what he had done. And we're told that God, God found one thing that he wasn't pleased with, like one thing that wasn't quite right. One thing that needed to be tweaked. And, and, and we're told that God had determined that it's not good for man to be alone. So all the animals had, they were created both male and female. Um, th- those distinctions were paramount for uh, procreation, uh, the development of species. But when it came to man, again, man's created perfect, he's sinless, but he's alone, that man didn't have a companion. And so what God does right off the bat is, is, you know, God sees the need, but now God wants to reveal the need to Adam. And so to do that, he instructs Adam, which means man, to name the animals. And it's in the process of naming the animals that Adam comes to the realization that there was nothing compatible with himself. Like everything had this, this, this duality, but himself, like humanity, uh, there wasn't male and female. There was not the, a partner, a companion. So God now reveals this need. Adam's now cognitively aware of it. And, you know, if God had told Adam to go out and find a mate, he might have ended up with something as close as possible, an orangutan, um, but it would have been a bad deal. So instead of like, go find a mate, Go find something as close as you can. God just told Adam to go to sleep and put him to sleep. And it was in the process of, of Adam's deep sleep that we're told that God took from Adam a rib. And from the rib, he formed the woman. Now, um, I, I don't believe that God actually took a literal rib. I think that there's a lot of figurative language. Uh, there's a lot of nuance within the ancient Hebrew language uh, articulating what really did happen. Again, Adam's reaction, so he wakes up, God brings to him Eve, the woman, and Adam is like, whoa, whoa, bada bing, bada boom, uh, whoa, man, hence woman, and <laughs> that's a good pastor joke, and, um, and, and he makes this declaration, which is interesting because it reveals uh, probably what happened in, in Adam's awareness of it. He says, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, the two shall become one. And, and then God gives this instruction uh, for them to marry, for, for, for this union to occur, this matrimony. Now, so what's happening? What, what, what took place? What's the imagery of the rib being removed? Well, um, again, the best way I, I see it is that, okay, God had created humanity, singular, um, one. Now, what God did is God took from the man um, a, a part of him. And it was this part of him, a part of his genetics, a part of his DNA, a part of his personality, a part of who he was, uh, 
he separated from Adam a, a, a new portion. And from that, he formed a, a new gender. You have the man and the woman. And the two shall become one flesh. And the moment that Adam woke, there was a part of him tangibly missing, absent. What was there before he went to sleep, he awakes and is gone. And, and, and what's now missing is found in the woman. Again, um, the gender distinction, again, man and woman being equal, but being different. Uh, there is a distinction. There is a difference within gender. Again, gender, uh, this all originates within the, the wisdom uh, of God, the knowledge of God, the planning of God. And so God took humanity, separated man into man and woman, uniquely different, uniquely distinct. And then within this bond of marriage, this commitment, this marriage consummated in sex, he has now these distinct people joined back together in a union. So Adam and Eve together are now a complete person. And so when we're talking about um, marriage, we're talking about this concept where you have, you have two distinct, distinctly different parts coming back together, separated by God, now coming back together, a union, a matrimony, a holy union, whereby now they're one flesh. And that's how, uh, that's how God defined it. He separated man into male and female, distinct, different. And then within marriage, it's the reunion of these distinct parts, which is why um, I, find, I find it to be counter of God's design, the concept of homosexual unions, because it defies the very concept of what marriage intended to be. It is, it is, it is a union, not through diversity, but through sameness, which is again not the not the intention. It is it is the celebration of man and not the celebration of the distinction within men, that being man and woman. And so we have this union, which means that there are marriages in our culture that God does not condone, nor does he see or recognize. We'll pick up this thought, don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. The Marriage Equality Act was a major shift in our country. We now understand that it's fairly commonplace. Marriages between men and marriages between women is approved federally. Today, Pastor Zach and Creighton are talking a little bit more about what the Bible has to say about these marriages. Does God approve of same-sex marriage? What is marriage? Don't go anywhere. Come back for the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show. Here's Zach and Creighton with more on biblical marriage. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you are listening on the radio, we would like to welcome you to listen to us on our podcast, which you can find on Google, Spotify, iTunes, as well as basically any other podcast aggregator that you may be listening on. That was a good way for the aggregator, the aggregation of the podcast. Yes. I don't know if that's the technical term, but I like the it, word It aggregator. sounded good. Yeah. So if you're, if you're listening on the radio, wherever your podcast aggregate from. Way to break up my flow I, to tell me that I was having a good flow. I do appreciate where that. Can you, where, can you get, where can you access the podcast? Outlawradio.live. That's the that's the live stream, the podcast. You're right. We're I already about, said. I already said. You, you messed me up. I I already said. We Google, started with a train wreck. Apple. Oh my gosh. Google, Apple, Spotify, and then podcast aggregators. And then Outlaw this, Radio. This Outlaw Radio live. You speak of is the what? That is where you can find our live stream, which we do every Wednesday. Which I'm thinking about stopping doing, but we'll see. <laughs> Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights at eight o'clock, you can watch the live stream recording of what you're listening to. Uh, we encourage you to do that again. Outlawradio.live podcast. All in this information can be found at outlawradio.org. Uh, we are currently talking about divorce. Really haven't gotten into the topic of divorce yet, mainly because our society kind of necessitates a, a, a discussion about what it means to be married. The truth is, is that the Bible defines marriage as the union of distinction. The Bible defines marriage as one man 
and one woman uh, making vows to one another, not just to themselves, but also to God, and then consummating those vows in a physical demonstration of their union, and that being sex, intercourse. Uh, Today, the state has broadened the biblical definition of marriage to not be the celebration of the, the union of distinction, of difference, but the, even the celebration of sameness, uh, men and men and women and women, which is why, again, you can, you can by all means get married in a secular sense if you're, if you're gay, um, but in a biblical context, context uh, you're not married um, because there can be no union and sameness. Diversity is required. Men, women, the distinction of genders are necessary. That's God's design. You can be upset with me. Um, you can send me hate mail. That's I, I didn't come up with the definition. I'm just relaying to you uh, God's definition. So if you have a problem with it, just know you're free to do that. You just have a problem with God. It's okay. The state says you can define it how you will. And I'm sure the state will even broaden it, that definition um, as the decades continue. Again, if two people uh, in love can get married, regardless of biology, distinction, gender, then why can't three people um, also uh, get married if they're in love and they're free, consensual uh, adults? Again, the, the Pandora's box has been opened, and that's just the reality of things. And so I, I want to begin, again, talking about divorce, is that uh, you got to understand that there are, there are certain marriages that end in divorce, and it doesn't really matter because God never recognized the, ma- the marriage to begin with. That we have to make a distinction between the marriage that God uh, has defined and sanctioned and thus approves versus the state. Um, it, it's interesting, Creighton, we were talking about this off air, but when you get into this, two secular people, not Christians, heterosexual, male, female, they get married. They don't do it in a church. They don't do it. Um, th- there's no vows made to God. This is not something that's a religious ceremony. It's 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 marriage in its secular sense, um, and that marriage ends ends in divorce. Did God ever recognize the marriage to begin with? Even within the heterosexual context, like if it's not done before God, if I'm not making vows to my spouse in the presence of God, because I don't believe in God, then does God even honoring that union? Um, and I would say he's not. I would say that it doesn't it doesn't fit that context. I mean, I would agree. At that point, you're having a state marriage. It's a tax write off and health care benefit. Correct. Correct. And 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 there's not as much commitment. There, there's there at least on the surface level isn't. So when we're talking about divorce, we we, we got to at least set the stage of what of the parameters of the divorce. And so moving forward, um, I, I think if, if, if you're gay and you get divorced, I don't think God recognizes it anyway. So whatever, uh, you know, God can't be approved of the divorce because he was never approved of the marriage. Uh, same with a heterosexual couple that doesn't believe in God and isn't doing this um, as a, uh, a religious ceremony and expression and commitment. Again, they get divorced. God doesn't care uh, because they, they didn't do this as a vow before God anyway. So uh, again, um, a lot, a lot of divorces um, within our culture. I don't think God necessarily um, gives a hoot about because the marriage was never was never done in accordance with His definition of marriage to begin with. I would add that they don't care about God. Why would He care about their marriage? <laughs> right now, adding context. So let's let's say that we're in a situation then where uh, we have two different scenarios. Let's say we're, we're in a scenario whereby um, two Christians get married, two born-again, spirit-filled, redeemed, uh, Bible-believing, Christ-following, uh, one man, one woman, they get married, and then, and then that marriage dissolves. We'll unpack that scenario. The other scenario that at least has to be addressed is, let's say, um, one of the two people um, is a Christian, follower of Jesus, the other uh, member of the party, uh, the other end of the union, isn't a believer. Um, again, what happens in that particular scenario? Um, the Apostle Paul spoke about this in, in the sense that if, if you're a Christian 
and let's say your husband is not a Christian. Maybe you both got married. You weren't believers. You came to know the Lord. You've been sharing your faith with your husband, uh, but he's just not in it. He just does, you know, hey, you can do that. That's cool for you, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bought, drinking the Kool-Aid. No big deal. If this is what you need to feel good, that's great. I just don't need it. Um, but I love you and, and I'll support you in this. I'm just not buying it. Um, the Bible's clear that in that scenario, you need to remain married uh, to the individual. Um, and, and Paul even talks about um, doing that to be a witness. Um, you know, it, it, it is a difficult scenario. You know, the Bible talks about being unequally yoked and some of the problems and the implications of that. But in the sense that, um, you know, one person's a Christian, the other person isn't, but, but both want to stay in the marriage, you need to do that. However, the Bible also says that if the, the unbelieving party decides to bail and they decide to leave and they're like, you're now this Jesus fanatic, this Jesus freak. That's not what I signed up for. And now they've decided they're going to, they, they want, they want to divorce you. Well, Paul says, let the unbeliever depart, uh, that you're now freed from that responsibility, freed from that commitment. And because God is approving of the divorce of the separation, um, there are then therefore no, no restrictions on, um, remarrying. Um, because again, you know, whether or not God was okay with the marriage for starters, you still had to remain in it, but God has sanctioned now the departure of um, of the unbeliever, freeing the believer now to move on with their lives. Getting to the other dynamic, the more controversial one of two people claiming to be a Christian, understand God primarily wants you to remain married. Marriage is hard. Marriage is difficult. Um, marriage best works when two people are being selfless. Uh, fellas, uh, your job is singular. It's to love your wife and, and, and take care of her needs. It's not to focus on your own. It's not to be me-centered. It's to be her-focused. And as long as you're focusing on her needs and dying to yourself, you're in a good dynamic. And, and it's designed where then the woman on the flip side is denying herself. Um, her sole job is to take care of her husband, to take care of his needs. And if both of the two people within this union, again, sinners, are preferring the other party, tending to the needs of the other party, ma marriages can be beautiful and successful and weather even the difficulties. That being said, when, when our eyes get off of what our job is towards the other person and gets focused on what maybe I'm not getting or how I'm feeling, when, it, when, when our, our focus turns inward, problems arise within marriages. Again, when, when you're talking about two distinct people becoming one, the only way the union works is each of those distinct parties foregoing themselves and preferring the other. It's a beautiful thing, honestly, uh, but it's hard and it's difficult. It's necessary for marriages to survive the tautness and the toughness uh, of life for them to be tenacious. Um, Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived ex except for Jesus, Solomon saw beauty not just in a twofold cord, um, but the, the necessity of a third cord. Yes, a man and a woman can be woven together, um, but just two strains to the cord uh, will fall short. A third is necessary. A third is needed. And within the biblical context, we need God woven into the fabric of our relationship. We need not only to deny ourselves and focus on the other, but the motivation needs to be doing our part uh, to bring honor and pleasure to God and operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to deny our flesh. We need to walk in the Spirit in order to be the men and women that God has called us to be and the lives of the person we've made these particular commitments to. We're going to wrap this up. Don't go anywhere. Uh, you're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but C316.tv also has video, audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. 
with over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. We're talking about divorce. In order to talk about divorce, we have to talk about what kind of marriages God actually approves of. What kind of marriages, what kind of unions uh, God sanctions. And, and, and the Bible defines marriage. God defines marriage. And thus, it's only within that definition that God recognizes a marriage. Um, so it's within that context that then we discuss divorce. Now, there are parameters, conditions, concessions by which divorce um, is permissible in the Christian context. So we're talking about uh, a Christian man and a woman who've gotten married. What are the biblically justified reasons for divorce to occur in that particular context? Well, the Bible uh, the, the Bible defines two, and I would say loosely a third. Uh, the, the loose one is, again, the Bible says that let the unbelievable depart. And again, there could be a dynamic where while two people got married as Christians, let's say one of the two people ended up walking away from the faith, um, recanted, uh, was no longer a follower of Jesus, that no doubt causes a strain, and they want a divorce. At that point, I would say, let the unbeliever divorce. Uh, let the unbeliever depart. Divorce would be permissible. The two, the two scenarios that, that are pretty cut and dry is one, sexual sin, adultery. Again, the, the very idea, again, within the context of, of the union itself, one man, one woman, the male, the female, the separation becoming one, the union, uh, that expression being sealed um, through sex, through intimacy, Sex is not just uh, the expression of animals. There is something not just physical, but emotional and spiritual um, to sex. Um, that's, that's how the Bible presents it. People can sense it. So when sex takes place within marriage, it's, it occurs within safety, intimacy. It's bound by a commitment. It's something that God honors, that God recognizes, that God blesses. Uh, sex is not just uh, for procreation or making babies, um, but it's also the, the, the practical celebration of this union that marriage is all about, which is why sex is supposed to take place within the, 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 the binds of holy matrimony. Uh, sex outside of marriage is not something that God condones, and in fact, um, it is to the detriment of the individual when sex does occur outside of this union. Another topic for another day. Sexual sin, adultery, when it takes place within the union, within marriage, it is an affront, an assault um, to the union itself. It is one party leaving the union, wanting themselves with another individual, and thus the very fabric of the marriage, the trust necessary for the marriage, um, has, been, has been damaged. Now, that is not to say that uh, couples who experience infidelity, um, these type of things, uh, choosing to remain in marriage, that God can't heal wounds, uh, restore trust, uh, build back what was broken. That's entirely possible. And yet that's not necessarily um, where everyone is built or how everyone can operate. And thus, there is a scenario where, in the case of adultery, the party that has been harmed um, has the right to file divorce and to move on. And thus, because that is a sanctioned divorce, that person is now free from the, the commitment that they've made, and therefore can marry again. Um, now, I would say that within the context, the offender, so the Christian that committed the sin that has now been divorced, or let's just even say the dynamic where uh, they left the marriage, a Christian um, cheated, um, fell in love with someone else, fell out of love with their partner, uh, claimed to be a Christian the whole time. Um, I don't see any scenario in which that person can remarry and God approve it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't remarry. Um, I know individuals. I had a dear friend for years and years and years. Somebody I did ministry with, loved with all my heart, was someone I considered to be a brother that, I, I won't say fell into sin because that, that implies an accident. He dove into the deep end of sexual 
sexual sin, adultery. And in the course of that, ended up leaving his wife, marrying the woman, starting a new life with her. And in the whole time, claimed to be a Christian, uh, plugged into another church. And to me, it's like, well, wait a second. If, if, if God d- did not approve the divorce, uh, how, how do you now think he's now approving of the new marriage? Thus, I would not say that that marriage is recognized uh, by God. Uh, to just kind of wrap this up, I will say um, divorce uh, should always be the last resort, especially when kids are involved. Um, if your spouse abandons you, if you are hurt and neglected and that, th- that the other party bails, uh, you're free. Um, if there's a way you can reconcile or build bridges, do it. At the same time, I- I'm always reminded, and I think this is an important context, you know, there was a woman caught in adultery that was brought before Jesus. Caught in adultery. Jesus did not condemn her. Instead, he forgave her. And then he instructed her to go and sin no more. And that even when we've totally ruined things and made a mess of things, uh, we do serve a God of second chances and third chances. And so we should walk in that. Creighton, I did tease at the beginning that, you know, between the blocks, uh, when we do our live stream, we have additional conversation. We've got about two and a half minutes left. And so I I just want to quickly welcome to the show... Uh, Nick and Derek, you guys are involved in the live stream. Is that correct? It is. Yes, we are. And so explain a little bit about that happens and and, and what your role is in that conversation. Uh, So we're here and we hang out in the audience and listen to what's going on in between and in between segments. I mean, we'll talk and conversate about anything that we have to say about what you've been talking about through the sections. Nick, you've kind of been doing this the longest. Derek's kind of the new guy on the block. Um, (laughs) You know, as, as... you know, you, the Lord's really used you in some cool ways. Yeah, I mean, as topics come up and people talk, I try to just think about questions that would pop in my head, just like a Bible study, going to church and just be like, what about this? What about that? Well, why not just ask it? So that's what I try to do between blocks is just come up with questions that the audience that's listening would come up with so they can just get the answers right there. So Creighton, kind of lay out the like how all of that works. So if someone if someone tunes in, uh, for the live stream, uh, they're gonna they're gonna see. Explain what they're gonna watch. Uh, basically, they're gonna watch us goof off for a few minutes before we start the actual show. And we do that so people can log in and and get with us. And and there's an intention behind that, right? And then we do the first block, which is you and I talking, generally speaking. Um, then after the end of the first block, we have more time where we talk about generally what we talked about in the first block with the two guys so we have all four blocks of audio but it's then between those blocks of audio that's that a cool conversation now there's times that we'll just move from one block to the next if you're on a roll right if i if i'm if i'm grooving we'll just move right along uh but there have been times man nick in particular uh uh, recently um had an opportunity where i I was on one the episode was going one direction and between the blocks you asked a question and, and man, it kind of set the stage for, for the, the whole entire show taking a right turn. So it's just neat to have the conversation. And you can join in if you're watching. You can leave comments. Uh, in today's episode between one of the blocks, uh, one of the questions that came in was about um, homosexuality and making sure that we articulate a, a love for the individual. And um, especially within the context of the conversation. We kind of ended up having a whole conversation, right, Creighton, about that. Yes, it was very nice. It was a great time to kind of elaborate on how you show love to somebody in that kind of a situation. So Creighton, thank you for being with us. We are running out of time. It is always a pleasure. Well, thank you for listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to contact your local Christian radio station. Tell them that you're thankful they're carrying this type of programming in your community. Every episode of the Outlaw Radio Show is podcasted, Apple, Google, Spotify. You can contact, find all of our contact information uh, or quick links to the podcast by just visiting our website, outlawradio.org. Against the YouTube channel is outlawradio.live. Once again, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show.
You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.